Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crip review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is Season 5, Episode 8, Well-Cooked Hams. I have Mike here with me again. Hi, Mike. Salutations. How's it going? Uh, I'm driving myself crazy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing all right. So before we get started, let's just touch a little bit on the quarantine for COVID-19. How are you hanging in there with everything? Uh, that good? Yeah. You start to miss stuff you take for granted. Movie nights, mm. barbecues, bonfires. Uh, are you keeping busy? I mean, I know you're working and stuff, but what what little hobbies are you doing right I now? Have, I, I, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> because I now have a condition called Warhammer 40k. It's okay, I'm only starting out the Blackstone Fortress. It's a little self-contained game. I can wait to spend $5,000 for my next, you know, for an Ultramarine chapter or yeah, something Yeah, I think like you that, can so. definitely wait to spend $5,000. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to be painting your little figures. Yes. Yes. We Put have together a, a few beastmen. We have a, a little orc army in our living room. They well, that's pre- from the old days. Yes, but they protect the living room. Oh, that's what they do. Along with Gus, who will probably be in here later. He's been a bit crazy. I mean, not too bad, but he's been a bit needy lately, so I have a feeling later he'll come in and say something. Mm-hmm. He's been... Moved to the apartment. Went well because he was terrified at first, but now that he's getting used to it, he's acting up. Yeah. And we can't just kick him outside like we used to do in the old nope. days. He's, he's, he's struggling a little bit with it, but I've ordered him a bunch of toys. Hopefully when they get here, I'm just going to throw them at him. And he'll, <laughs> you know, we've been trying to try, try a few different things of playing with him more and like trying to get more energy out of him and stuff. But it does kind of feel like, I mean, I know it's nothing like having a kid, but sometimes it feels like having a toddler because like tag teaming, like where you're like, I'll take the cat. I'll take care of him while he's being crazy. And I'm like, thank you. I can't you're breathe. You're welcome, by the way. Uh, he's both of our responsibilities. <laughs> We've had him a long time. But yeah, so I hope everyone's doing good with everything and hanging in there and being creative and doing things for you. You know, self-care is very important through all this. And in a way, we're kind of probably going to all trauma bond over this in a way. Like the <laughs> like the fact that everyone in every country is going, like it's kind of like, where you know, what happened when you did the quarantine, like kind of thing. As long as no dumb songs come out of it, that I'm cool with that. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> Gosh, if we get some sad country song about the quarantine, I'm going to lose it. But yeah, so it would be nice eventually to see friends, hug family. We've been seeing you. family a little, but <laughs> we just kind of stand far away and wait. At arm's length. At arm's length, be like, yeah. hey, what's up? But I wanted to take a second here to just kind of thank everyone who's still working. Nurses, doctors, anyone in the medical professional, people who've worked in retail stores that are working even harder now because everyone's panicked and trying to keep things on shelves and everyone previously listed should be getting hazard pay it's just yeah not yeah. happening for the vast majority of them yeah definitely. And that's a problem so i mean all those people i can't imagine on some of them like the nurses and things we have a couple of friends who are nurses and i'm super proud of them like some of them that have been yeah. going around trying to help people out now that we're done with quarantine corner <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to kind of get that, you know. Yeah, I think usually you get right, right into it within a minute or so. Eh. Yeah, people are probably like, when does this begin? We got time. Because yeah. I would be one of those people. Well, they know? can skip. There's a skip button. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into this episode, Well-Cooked Hams. All right. It's quite an episode here. I wanted to be on this one just because, I don't know, something about it interests me. Mike's been thinking about this one a lot. I was going to have him on another one, and then he's like, what about the magician one? And I was like, okay, yeah, we can... <laughs> We can do that. So yeah, like I said, season five, episode eight, Well Cooked Hams. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. 
This episode aired November 3rd, 1993. I'm going to go ahead here and just read the description on IMDb for this episode. A ruthless young magician kills an elderly rival magician for his grand prop, the Box of Death. I mean, that's a small part of the episode, yeah. I don't know if that's a small part. That's basically... Well, a half the episode. This episode was directed by Elliot Silverstein, or Silverstein. I'm going to say Silverstein. Silverstein. He also directed the movie The Car. I believe it's like 1977. What is that, like Carrie or... No, sorry. Uh, Christine. <laughs> Christine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Carrie. remember that psychic car that set everyone on fire? Yes, yeah. that, that woman that was a car yes, that yes. drove around. She had a horrible mother who put her in a prayer closet. Oh, I love that movie. Carrie's amazing. Anyway, the screenplay is by Andrew Kevin Walker. It stars Martin Sheen, in, who's been known in movies like Apocalypse Now. Yes. Billy Zane from movies like Titanic, and he was in Tales from the Crypt's Demon Knight. And Miriam Diabo from movies like The Living Daylights. That's a James Bond movie, right? Uh, yeah. 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 That's what I thought. I haven't seen a lot of those, though. I haven't either. They don't really do much for me. I mean, well, I had Steven on to talk about Werewolf Concerto. Yes. We talk about it. He knows a lot about it. <laughs> Steven has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Bond universe. He's even reading the original novels. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's fine. So let's get started. This episode here opens up, and it's cute because we have the, fr- <laughs> the Crypt Keeper. First of all, he's dressed in French accoutrement. The stereotypical, what Americans thought French people dressed like in the late 20th century. It's really, you know, it's cute. You know that, like, a mime, basically. I don't think any Frenchman is actually dressed this way. Yeah, and then he's got the <laughs> he's got the, the black and white striped shirt, and then he's got the red scarf around his neck, and he's got the mustache and a beret tilted to the side. <laughs> and he's listening to a recording of, like, I guess, learning French. Bonsoir, kiddies. I was just in the middle of my French lesson. Your pal, the Crypt Keeper, has decided to see Le Monde. Imagine me, in gay scary, sitting in a nice little cafe on the rot bank, sipping a glass of Chablis while I write ghost cards home to all my fiends. <laughs> and there's a little Eiffel Tower back here. He's really getting into it. I'm not quite sure what this has to do with the episode. Is it because he's learning a lesson and then Billy Zane gets taught a lesson? No. No. <laughs> okay. I, I think they stopped did, They stopped linking the intros to the Some, to the actual episodes, I think, fairly early. Sometimes, didn't they? yeah. Sometimes, every once in a while in a season lately, they'll have one where I'm like, okay, I see where, you know, what they're going with that. With two for the show, it was doing stand-up, so I think it was just kind of like the whole show thing. So that's why they had stand-up. But it was still pretty mm. loose. I'm not even sure why this is really called well-cooked hams. Is that like a phrase of something? I mean, it's like, you know, like you're, you're a ham, you know, you overact, you are boisterous, bombastic, you're well, Brian Blessed. I mean, it could be maybe because... It's overacting in a good way, by He the way. gets ahead of himself. I don't know. Maybe it's something with greed, because Billy Zane's character in here is definitely greedy. That's basically just him in a nutshell. Is greed, greed to the point of stupidity. Yeah. Though. And I think, well, we'll get into that later, but... Yeah, French Crypt Keeper, very cute. So this opens up, and it's more of a period episode. So it's like set, it's in the oh, past. The uh, late 19th, early 20th century is like, I'm thinking 1890 to 1910, something oh, like that. Oh, you think it's Just because of the way everyone is dressed. Yeah. In the, in the audience, at least. And Billy Zane plays a magician named Miles Fetterman. And he's on stage doing his act, and he's not very good at it. <laughs> and it's funny because he's trying to like get this fire to come out of his top hat. And he's fighting with the fire like it gets too big. And then he's like, oh, oh, come on, fire. I automatically had, uh, 
I don't know if you, you have you reviewed Demon Knight yet? Yes. Yeah, of course, of course you have. Yes, it just reminded me of that scene where he's like, "Whoa, down boy!" Yeah, uh, with the and flame that, penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the flame penis. I talked to um, Jonathan with that about that. Rise up, glorious fire, flickering friend. Rise up, rise up, rise up. Yes. Rise, go magic flame. Rise. Higher and higher and higher and higher. Rise. Rise, I say. Back. Back, flame. Back. Back. Back, I say. But yeah, he's usually like, here comes the flame, and then finally he gets up, and then he's like, whoa, whoa, too much flame. <laughs> and then it lights his, I want to call it a baton, but that's not, is it a wand? Magic wand? I love him, because whenever he's exasperated, he does a very good job. Yeah. And so he ends up blowing it out, the fire, and then he, he has the wand on fire, and he tosses it to his assistant, who catches the hot end, and she's like, ooh, and drops it. <laughs> and then she, she goes she, right back, though, you know, she's she talking about professional. She recovers very well. Second degree burn, and all of a sudden, right back, you know, She's like, ooh, never second. mind. And she's in some sort of, I mean, it's very shiny, corset, weird hat thing. Magician's assistant attire. Yes. So he's not doing a very good job, and everyone in the audience, there's like eight people in the audience. One's like asleep, one's coughing. Eight? There's like three way to... <laughs> I mean, I'm giving him benefit of a doubt. And there's at least five that yeah. they're showing. He's not very good. He's not very good at what he does as a magician. Lazy magician. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't want to put the time in, I think. Yeah. And I don't think he has anything else he is good at. At least the people that come into his show don't seem like they have a lot of money, the way they're dressed. And compared to later, the they, other They look shows. a bit dumpy, but they don't look poor. Mm, they're not dressed know. in rags or anything. I, I mean, they're not super fancy compared to the next, the later one that we'll get to. But yeah, he pulls like some flowers out of his hat. The flowers set on fire. He Everything's falling apart. And his assistant is fed up. First of all, her hand's burnt. Yeah. And she's like, I could do without this. Thank you. Her name is Greta. Greta is the assistant, played by Mariam Diabo. And she's following Miles around and being like, you know what? Zorbin taught me everything. Will carry on the act and be even bigger than he was. Twenty percent of the act, you said. Improve my arrangement with Zorbin. Twenty percent, you said. All of this for twenty percent of nothing. Maybe if you did your job right first. I do my job fine, but you're incompetent. If Zorbin were here to see what we did tonight, in his name, he'd slit his own throat. In the three months since Zorbin disappeared, you have taken his great magic act and turned it into a joke. And she notices that Billy Zane has this medallion on his neck. It belongs to Zorbin the Magnificent, who I guess in a way was, I guess, kind of like his mentor. Yeah, Miles was used to be his protege, and then he dis- Zorbin disappeared Zorbin mysteriously. Disappeared, yes. So Zorbin disappeared, and Greta is suspicious because Miles, Billy Zane's character, has the medallion, which was Zorbin's. And so she's like, you killed him, didn't you? Like, she's like, I know something happened to so him. So he laughs it off. He, like, mocks her, saying, like, well, you know. Because he was hiding it in his shirt, and then he has the medallion out, and she's like... Say what? Like, that was Zorbin's. And so so then she's like, I quit. And he's like, you're fired. And that whole thing, you know. She walks out. And so she leaves. And when she leaves, there's a, a voice on the side. Oh. And I'm going to have you do his accent probably mm-hmm. later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he calls her Fraulein. And it's like this gruff face with this beard and these glasses. I like the glasses. They're kind of like yes. these tinted little shades. 
Very nice. And he's like, oh, Fräulein, come here. And she's like, what? And then it just kind of cuts from there. So you're like, who's this guy? I'm assuming this is probably Zorban, even though... I automatically got Cabinet of Dr. Caligari vibes from the guy. Yeah. I look a little different, but there's that same kind of energy, that same, like, look at me, creepy German guy in a top hat. (laughs) So now... Billy Zane is back at it, and he has two new assistants. Now, I don't know how he could afford to give them any more money. Hi, Gus. Oh, no. The hi, beast. Gus. You come say hi. Do you want to be in the box of death? Your litter box is the mm, box of keeps death. Keeps up with the behavior he was doing last night. We just might put him in the box of death. Oh. He'd make a wonderful assistant. <laughs> yes. He would just go, Gus, hand me the lever. Wow. <laughs> the, the lever, Gus. Well, as long as he worked for treats, but he ate all the treats, so we have to wait a few more days before we get treats till we do another food run. So he's just going to have to deal. I told him to ration them. Because, you know, cats understand. You know, it's almost like he didn't understand. I know, because he's a cat. So he's back at the show. Billy Zane's character, Miles, is back doing the show. And same old thing. Now he's got two assistants. They're twins. Are you sure they're twins? Yes. Oh, okay. I saw in the... I, I guess I, I watched this in... I rewatched this in such poor quality on YouTube. I mean, you can recently. see it right there. But even in okay. like the IMDb thing, I, I believe they were twins. And so they're trying to smile and be like, hey, like because it's taking them forever. Again, the flowers light on fire. He's not nailing it. He's getting angry now. And now definitely people are sleeping. There's even less people in the theater. And sitting in the back, you just see like a cane. So it's like the head <laughs> of a cane. And he's got some hands on it. Or got his hand on it. And you're like, oh, something going down. So then he comes in the back, and he's, yelling. he's of course, like, projecting it all onto the assistants. Like, if you were acting more assistant-y. That's, that's a running theme in this. You know, he constantly fucks up, and each time he does, it's never his fault. So I'm pretty sure they quit, too, if I remember. And so then this man comes in. <laughs> you see that look. There's a, look, there's a thing he does with his shoulders and his massive caterpillar he, eyebrows he as he He leads with his shoulders, is what yeah. he leads. So this is Martin Sheen playing this character, and you really don't see Martin Sheen playing a lot of characters like this, I think. It, I, I don't mean, know. It varies. I not, mean, he was, not to this extent. He could pull off character acting quite well, actually. I know, but like not to this, like, it's kind of comical. It's comical. I it's mean, over the top. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, that's Martin Sheen. Like, it's you know, kind of interesting. It is, it is one th- good thing about this series. This is interesting. Sometimes you're able to see actors put into a role that usually you're not used to seeing them in just because of the nature of this. Yeah. It's uh, cool. And I'm being clawed by the cat now all of a sudden. So stop that. So Martin Sheen's being all crazy and uh, coming in as this character named Cragen. I hope I'm not disturbing you. My name is Cragen. Franz Cragen. Yes, and? I saw your show tonight, my darling boy. And I wanted you to know I thought it was very interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Where were you sitting? Because I didn't see you. I was in the shadows, of course, but I assure you, my darling, I didn't miss a moment of it. When being an illusionist also, I thought I might invite you to come and see my show, yeah? You're an illusionist? I'm the greatest illusionist, yeah. How come is it I've never heard of you? Well, probably because I don't play this part of the country very often. I like to move around. So he's this character named Cragen, and he comes in and he's kind of like, he's really like bent over, right? He's like all hunched over. He's, he's like, he's not a hunchback, but he looks like he's trying his best to be one. I think his cane's just too short. So he's like <laughs> bent over, he's got like his hair kind of like 
flying back and he's got these cool like glasses that are shaded and then he's got uh, the beard and everything and very thick German accent. Yeah, that's one thing I was seeing in a lot of write-ups of this episode. I was finding every which way. Everyone, reviewers kept on saying, oh, you gotta see Martin Sheen's awesome Russian accent. Yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> come again? Yeah, it's obviously <laughs> definitely not Russian. He's, yeah, how Russian is Domkov? I, well, I mean, it. for one, he says Fraulein, like, Yeah, times. yeah, it like, doesn't make any sense, but whatever. If that gives it away, I mean, that... People have the right to be wrong on the internet. That doesn't give it away. Martin Sheen is kind of like channeling Dr. Quackenbush. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah like like a from Disney bit. a bit, because he's got that same kind of like Austrian kind of like thing going on. But yeah, he's like, "Come see my show." It's sold out. I have sold out shows, and so then he's a little interested. He's like, "What?" So it's apparently okay. So according to this announcement he gets about Cragen, it says now appearing at the Ellingham Theater one week only. Cragen featuring the Box of Death. So the Box of Death. So he's intrigued. Miles is. So he's like, "Yeah, I'll go see this Box of Death." So he shows up in the audience. It's sold out, right? So, Craig is there all hunched over with his shiny cape, and people are smoking cigars, and it, everyone's a little more fancy, I think, in this. The ladies definitely look a little more fancy, and it's, it's sold out, and he's explaining his trick. So what it is, is it looks like a stand-up coffin, right? It's a coffin that's upright. Above it is this metallic... It's a series of winches and, like, like, like pendulums, basically. The, pen, yeah. the pendulum, there's like six of those, and there's like swords on the end of each yeah. one. Yeah, so there's three on each side, and it kind of just swings down like a, up, like if you had a bear trap on the ceiling, and then it clamps yeah. down. So the knives are going to swing down into the box of death, into this coffin, and there's a lid on it so you can't see, and then there's like a plank of wood there to keep it closed. So how the trick goes is he's going to come over, he is going to climb inside this box of death, and they're handcuffing his hands up above his head once he gets in the box of death, and then they're putting this burlap sack around mm. him, closing him in with, I believe, a lock. Yeah, so this yeah. is classic Houdini kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's a lock. And all this time, there's a rope above a little flamed candle. So they got to hurry because it's on a time. When that rope burns, it's going to bring those knives down. So to make it even more intense, they have a container of sulfuric acid above his head. So if he wiggles around too much or tries to like escape or anything without mm. doing it the right way that's going to fall on him and burn him. And they prove it by holding it up and taking a flower and sticking the flower into the acid and it's all burned. That's showmanship. Yes. He does do a very good job of, like, getting everyone to look at him. He's like, like, this will probably fucking kill me. Okay, (laughs) let's go. He's like, you see this? It burned up this flower. I'm not kidding. Yeah, so he gets all in there. Then they close the door. You can hear him rumbling around in there. And then he has a really great job of overacting. Like, oh, no. Oh, it's stuck. Oh, I'm not going to be able to get out. Oh. It doesn't kind of a deadpan way. Like, is there something wrong? Yeah. Something terribly wrong. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's so wrong. Oh, someone opened it. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You know? <laughs> and everyone's, like, looking around like, is he not kidding? Like, what? Is this part of the act? And then the flame breaks and the knives come down. And everyone does a... <gasps> One minute, yeah, I think there's something wrong here. Yeah, yeah, there's something very wrong here. Please, can you hear me? Open the door. Uh, please, I pray you open the door. There's something very wrong here. Open the door. Oh, oh, oh my God. Open the door. Oh. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's a cool trick. It comes down. And he screams. Yes. And the women are like, oh, you know, clutching their pearls and shit. The assistant, who is a good assistant, runs over like she's all scared. Like, oh, Well, that's Greta. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's Greta already. 
You can't ever see her face, really. Yeah, but Do that, you think that's why? Yeah, you see her for a bit. I'm pretty sure that's Greta. Because I feel like Billy Zane would have been like, what the hell is Greta doing Well, like, later on in the scene, it looks like, well, you'll see. You'll see. I guess it is. It's kind of hard to tell. They really don't really emphasize uh, it much, I Greta. think. Yeah. Unless he says it. That's weird, though, that Billy Zane wouldn't be like... I mean, He's I guess a... he just figured he, she got another job. Yeah, yeah, probably, you know. But it's, it does seem very convenient or very... Uh, well, no, word? because, like, he remember the dot, uh, Krajan pulled her aside as she was, right after she was fired, remember? Yes, but I'm talking about Miles knowing who Greta is. Oh, well, that, Troll, that, he's, we'll get into this more, I want to wait until the scene in which yeah, his stupidity is completely blatant but, to kind of make my case for but why But Miles knowing who Greta is would be the weird thing, because I would be like, that seems really, um, strange that both of you know each other, and then now you're inviting me to come see your show. So she goes to open the box after the knives come down. And it's kind of funny because he's standing up in the box and all the knives are kind of poking into him. Like all six of the knives, like they got stuck. Right, right. And there's a little bit of blood like on his coat. And he's leaned back and he's out of the burlap sack. So he got out of the sack. He's out of the handcuffs. And they kind of pull the knives off of him and he comes kind of tumbling out of the thing. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's dying. Like we're watching him die. And then he just gets up and he's like, it's fine. <laughs> Ta-da! He's well, like, the, don't well, leave. Well, no, the lights go out completely. Well, yeah, the lights... And then yeah. you know, uses yeah, that to that's clean true. up. He didn't clean up that much. He wipes all the grit off his face. Okay, it's off his face, but it's still on his outfit, I think. So, yeah, so he waits till the lights go out, and then he wipes it off his face, and then he's telling everyone, like, don't leave. Because people were thinking of, like, we need to get out of here or go get the police or something. Like, he's, <laughs> he's dead. And so he stands up, and he's like, don't leave, I'm fine. And so there's, like, a whole collective sigh. People just, like... Whew, okay, I thought I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Like, there's like, I mean, he, he could have maybe killed someone the way that, I mean, that's traumatizing. So the show's over, people are excited, everyone's happy. Billy Zane is like, yeah, that was amazing. You know? So they're backstage now. Yes. Now they're backstage. Mike's excited about this scene. <laughs> We're backstage. It's so confusing. <laughs> I, okay, we'll get to it. it. It's a lot. Uh, so he's backstage. And Craigan's bent over his his dressing table, <laughs> peeling an apple. Peeling an apple. Yeah, not not even eating the skin though, just uh, eating the app, like the uh, piece of apple. Because mm-hmm. you can't have fiber. You can't have yeah, that extra no, fiber skin. No, I guess not. I, I, I never. If I eat an apple, I'm gonna eat the skin, right? I well, mean, you don't just, normally. Like, if you even if you carved it with a knife, I think you put the skin in your mouth and then you go. Yeah, to the, I to, I'll just eat it. But he's like, nah, I don't do skin. Don't so he's taking the skin off and he's talking to Miles. And they're in front of his, like, dressing mirror. And it's, you know, there's a lot of, like, old lamps and things. And it's kind of... I do like the back... The backgrounds in this episode are subtle, but I like them. Even the changing room in the beginning had, like, a water basin to wash his hands. Like, it was just little things that they threw in. Miles is telling Craigan, you had the audience eating out of your hand. Like, that was amazing. How did you do it? I want to be you. (laughs) He's like, tell me how you did it. He goes into detail right off the bat. He starts explaining his act. He explains that there's a, fall, a false back to the coffin that is on springs, and he just leans in back on it and gets out of the way of the swinging blades. He goes into great detail. But, I mean, he still has to get out of the handcuffs and everything in time. Yeah. So there's still a trick to that. But basically the way he can move out of the way from the knives is to lean back into the springboard, and when the knives come down, then he kind of puts them where he wants them on his body, and he has basically, like, Squibs. Yes, he has squibs in his coat and everything from the blood. Yeah. So then the blood comes through into his coat. Looks like he got stabbed. Now, the acid is real, mm-hmm. which they do point out because he's like, I see that your pocket square or whatever has a hole in it. And he's like, oh, no, that's real. Because sometimes, you, I mean, it just happens to fall a little. Yeah. 
It's weird because wouldn't that whole? I feel like that whole thing would fall. It was like a glass. If you dodge it, I imagine that the holes and everything are just from splatter. It's now, weird. whether or not, I don't know if it would burn a hole in the stage. Yeah. But I, mean, I think that these things we can hand wave and just be like, okay, we're not supposed to question that. It's what's about to happen yes. right now. Whenever he says, okay, well, how do you explain the acid effect because your face is falling off? And how do you get out of your um, your constrictions? Yes. You know? That's the main and thing he, he wants starts... to know is how do you get out of the burlesque? Okay, so, um, so Creation starts... <laughs> Showing him very animatedly, he starts like reenacting how every step is done for mil. Was it Wills? Mills? Miles. Miles. <laughs> so he starts reenacting it for Miles, and Miles is like creeping closer to him, scooching closer, has his hands behind his back in a very obviously threatening and suspicious manner. Gretchen is already explaining the secrets yeah. of the trick to him, and then he, he turns, he sees Miles as being suspicious, and he asks him, okay, what are you up to? That's not and the then, only reason why, though, Mike. And then, well, what? There's a knife behind his back he can see well, in no, the... No, no, I no, know, I know, I know, he can see everything. Okay. He, you know, he knows that he's acting suspicious. Okay, he's but like, I want to I want to point that out, though. Yeah, like, yeah. So Miles has a knife behind his back and it's reflected yeah. in the dressing room. Okay, so that's hair. a whole other level of stupidity right yes. there because it's it's like he's he's already telling you everything you want know. to know. And but he's you greedy. are it's, it's just like, "Hey, tell me something." And then someone starts telling it to you and then you shove a knife in their face halfway through them telling you saying, "Or I'll kill you." <laughs> it's like it makes no sense. It really it's, bothered you. It is so stupid though. <laughs> like that I don't it, it feels like they wanted to force some drama out of the scene. They maybe didn't know how to make it flow a bit better. Because what would have been better would have been for him to just say, like, oh, like, after he told him, like, the first round of secrets, then he was like, oh, well, how do you do the, the thing with the acid? Oh, that's, that's right, it's secret. No, come on, please tell me. Oh, no. No, I want to know. No. And then, like, you know, yeah. be threatened. Because, yeah, before Craig could even finish explaining the burlap sack, he sees the knife behind Miles' <sighs> back and Amelia's like suspicious like what are you doing and he's like I'm doing nothing what and then, so stupid. but it's yeah it doesn't make any sense because he could have got the secret first and then killed him if he wanted to what are you doing my darling I'm not doing anything put down the knife my boy what happens when the flame burns through so you want to steal my magic trick? I'm gonna do a lot more than that if you don't tell me what happens. No, I will never tell. The box of death has been in my family for generations. Do you think that the box of death is worth dying for, old man? Oh, no, 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 please, no, I beg you, no. No, please, no, no, I... No, you... So, he ends up stabbing Kragen. Tries to wrap him up in the sack a little bit. Yeah, he puts him in the sack. Yeah. It's a big sack. He puts it in the sack and he leaves there and he's like, okay, peace, bye, good luck to you, whatever you're He implies that he's going to be dumping him in, like, you know, the river or something. I don't even, I think he might have just left him there. He said you're going for a swim or something like that. Did he? he? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Well, I'm glad you're here. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. We... I, uh, when, I'm, when I'm interested in something, I will typically rewatch it. You gotta rewatch stuff, otherwise you forget uh, it. I know, I know. It's been a time. So, yeah, he implies he's going to dump him. Fine. He implies he's going to dump him in a river. <laughs> but it just cuts to the next scene. And now you can tell he's doing... Is that a different vest? I don't like, know. I think it is. But the women, the two assistants are in different outfits. And they look yeah. a little more fancy. So I think he's trying to, like, really put it in there. But I think he also stole probably 
Kragen's stuff. Oh, yeah. Because he has the box of death, so. And that's super, super suspicious. It's just like this uh, hack magician visits, you know, a very renowned magician offstage. Renowned magician goes missing, and all of a sudden the hack magician has all his stuff. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm not... not fan of with the plot is because there's there's no way Billy Zane could ever think he would get away with it. Yeah. I don't care how far away. I mean, maybe back then, but... I think that a lot of it I don't think they lived that far away from each other. People, I think a lot of it might also come to the writers being influenced by, like, you know, stories of, like, H.H. Holmes, Jack the Ripper, what have you. The idea that back then you could get away with murder so easily. And I would say you're right, but at the same time, this character's an idiot. Because at this time... Cragen was very, it seemed somewhat famous. He had sold out shows. He was there for one week only, which means he was traveling, which Mm -hmm. I guess could maybe help because people think he probably just left and maybe it was the last night. But still, then to later, and probably not that far later, come up with the exact same trick, identical to what this man had. Because it's not like a trick you'd see all the time. It's not just like a pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Like, it's a whole process. It's so cocky. <laughs> it's very wishful thinking. Like, otherwise, why would he have so many times in his early days in which he would just be killing it out there, like, failing awfully in front of people to the point where, like, you could tell that it's probably, like, the umpteenth time this has happened. Just I mean, they both, they both do a good job in this, Martin Sheen and, and Billy Zane. I mean, yes. it's, it's very good. There's not a whole lot of people in this episode. It's mostly just background characters and things. Yeah, so Miles is enjoying the fruits of his labor now of his new act. I, this is where the time skip, I think, kind of comes into That's play. That's been a couple weeks at I th- least. I think. I'm going to say at least a couple weeks. A lot of things here are kind of skimmed over a little bit with the time oh, yeah. flow. So it's a little hard with this Well, episode. the whole plot is very, very compressed. It feels very almost compressed. like it could be a whole movie, in yeah. fact. So Miles is sitting there and in through the door, or, or there's a knock at the door, and in comes our next character. Uh, his name is Thomas Miller, and he is a photographer, does like video mm-hmm. kind of photography. Well, this is a little bit before video. Well, it's the, like. <laughs> the glasses up on my nose it's like having a viewfinder kind yeah, of thing early uh, camera yes and he shows up and he's like mr faderman ladies i hope i'm not disturbing you my name is thomas miller i cannot tell you what an honor it is to meet you sir yes sir and i believe i have something here that you will find mighty interesting Nothing personal, friend, but I've got a performance in a few minutes. That is exactly why I am here, sir. I'm going to make you a wealthy man. (laughs) Maybe you don't understand me. I said I've got a show. Do you know what this is, sir? This is a moving picture camera. I'm not interested in toys. A toy? No, sir, this is no toy. I want to get you doing your famous trick or whatever. You'll be so famous once I get this and people can see it. And I love how he doesn't really even explain what it does. (laughs) He's just like, okay, it's going to make you rich. All right, let's make a deal. And now this character, it's still Martin Sheen. Yeah, it, it's so funny because I wasn't looking at first when I first. You could definitely heard tell it. with this one. I wasn't looking Martin at his Sheen. face, but I was just like Robert E. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> because Martin Sheen, I believe, this same year See? played Robert E. Lee in Gettysburg. Yeah, he's definitely so, got a little Gettysburg going on here. Yeah, it's the same that character beard is basically. Ridiculous. <laughs> that, that beard is ridiculous, and Looks so. Yeah, but it's still like he right away you can definitely tell it's Martin Sheen. It makes you kind of laugh. You're like, hey, look, he's still here. Oh, yeah. So I'll, be, first, I'll, I'll admit though, I didn't know it was Mark. I didn't really pay attention the first time I saw this, like about last week, and we were watching it. Yeah, and I didn't really pay attention to the fact that Martin Sheen was in it. So I didn't know until I heard, oh Robert E. Lee, oh Gettysburg, oh Martin Sheen. <laughs> you know, I was just like, yes, Krajan is very different, you know, from anything else I've seen of him. But pulled it off, I think. Yeah, it looks like he, I mean they probably had a fun time. And so, at first, Miles is like, you know what, I don't need it. But then he explains he could be really famous and all this stuff. And so he's like, you know what, fine, you can tape it. 
50-50 partners, of course. A gentleman's agreement. 30% for you and 70 for me. A real gentleman. So Thomas Miller, the photographer, goes in the back to record this, and the show starts. He's going to do the box of death, and while, this is, while he's explaining what he's going to do, you can see the back panel of the box of death getting open. Yes, Greta has uh, snuck in. They did show that earlier. Yes. She has snuck into the back, into and, the theater. And, and she, she put some planks of wood in there so that they wouldn't be able to push back on yeah, it. Yeah, basically she jams the uh, the springs. Yes, and then she's like, she's got this black cloak like she's like creeping around like an, <laughs> like, like a ninja. No one's going to find this her. This isn't suspicious at all. And she's like, don't mind me. So they get him in the box of death, and he starts to like do the key to get it going. Like, what if you drop the key? Like, I feel this is all, it's too scary. Well, I mean, that's too what you scary. gotta do. So he's getting the key unlocking the lock because he, I guess, he had a key in his pocket. That's how that works, I guess. So yeah, technically, I mean, he still he still knew the secret then of how to get out of the burlap sack, even though he killed Cragen. Yeah. Again, this is one yeah, of those things that like, does drive me up the walls. Of course, unless he was really just wanting to know more about like the squibs and stuff but I mean that's it, the, that whole like scene the, the second part of the scene where they're in the back with Craig and, and he ends up murdering him it really that second half just is just like this weird tangle of things I feel like I need to watch it again yeah well, but, but um, it, it could be just yeah this doesn't make sense so he's undoing the lock to get out and he also has like some gunk I guess you put on your face to make it look like he got burnt yes. kind of thing he knows that the candle's going to break the rope soon. And so he, he puts the stuff on his face to look you know, like he's been burnt. And then he goes to scoot back so that the knives don't come down and the panel won't move. And so he's panicking and he's yelling for help, but people think it's part of the act. You know, mm-hmm. Even the assistants do, because that's part of the act. Well, I think they've probably seen this about you know half a dozen times so far. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, that's what he normally does. But he's like, no, for real, seriously. There's a little look yeah. on Martin Sheen's face yeah. as he is recording, as he is using that manual camera. His eyes are so look. big. He's <laughs> like, here it comes. Here it comes. Everyone's just waiting and like, oh, and he's panicking and crying, screaming out and everything. Help! Me out of this thing. Let me out of here! Come on! Get me out! Let me out of the goddamn box! Somebody open this thing! Somebody open this thing! The knives come down and they actually stab him. Yeah, and these are full-on swords. These are like saber, cavalry yes, sabers, are, by the yes. way. They're like swords. Deep. And they're deep in his sides. They open it up and the, <laughs> and the assistants are like, ta-ta. And they're and, like, <laughs> ta-da. And then he's like got his arms up like, ah-ha-ha. <laughs> like they're like yeah. deep in his sides and his legs. Almost like he's a spider. The six swords on uh-huh. the two arms. He's a spider. <laughs> Mike, you love spiders. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the assistants are like, yay! And then, if, then they're like, oh, wait. <laughs> and they're like trying to get him out of there. They're pulling the swords back. And as they do, I mean, it's real blood coming off of him or whatever that's not squibs. And he basically just dies in front of everybody. Yeah, his fellow face is melting. He's not very happy about it. Yeah, because the, the sulfuric acid did fall too because he was pounding on the box so much. So it fell yeah. on his head. So when he falls, you don't see it at first, but when he falls down, his hair is like all burnt and missing. It's really kind of gross. Yeah. And uh, so he's been burnt too through to the scalp, and then that's when the assistants really figure it out what's going on, and they scream. Billy Zane's character Miles is on stage and he's crawling around dying, and from the side of the stage comes out Thomas Miller. He bends down and mocks him, and then he does this like magician <laughs> swoopy thing. He takes his cape and he spins around in a circle like a bunch of times. And is he still in front of the whole 
group. Yeah, that's what's what's crazy about this is everyone's watching. <laughs> is this. everyone watching yeah. in turn? Because that feels a little suspicious. Unless they just think it's part of the joke and or tri- uh, uh, the you trick. You know what? And, this is all part of the show. Maybe and Miles isn't gonna die, even though. Or he maybe is. they just really don't like Miles. Who knows? Yeah, no one's too worried. <laughs> and so when he spins and he's done spinning, then he's turned into Zorbin the Magnificent. Ta-da! He's been it the whole time. <laughs> I feel like it's not that much of a secret. He doesn't turn into Zorbin. He turns oh, into a Krajan, and then he turns into Zorbin. God, what is wrong with me? So he turns into Kragen. Oh, and then he spins again. Yeah, he likes to spin. What are you to put a man down for a spinning hobby? It's just funny, because like, yeah, he's like, he spins, and then he's like, ta-da, Kragen. And then he's like, wait, wait a second, I'm not done. Spins again. Ta-da, Zorbin. I owe you one, Miles. Your version of the box of death is going to make us very rich. That is, Greta and me, and another friend of yours. <laughs> Craig, you should have made sure I was dead before you got rid of the body, my darling boy. Just is twice now you have made the same mistake. Doomcop! <laughs> Sorbin? Oh, Miles. Once a student, always a student. You're dismissed. Sorbin. So now he's like fancy Martin Sheen. I have to say that the poster of him in the background when the episode first started, he looked a lot like Guy Fieri. So I felt like this magician was going to take me to Flavortown. Yeah. And the way the episode unfolded was very different. So yeah, he didn't. He just looks more like a dapper Colonel Sanders. Yeah, now he looks big like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so he's like, ta-da, I'm here. And then Billy Zane's like, what? I thought you were dead. What? Or you were gone. You know, all this stuff. Yeah, and so he's still in front of the crowd. And the crowd's like, oh my gosh, yay. But now Zorbin walks onto stage, pulls his hat down, and like introduces himself. Everyone's clapping. He's like, my lovely assistant, Greta. She comes out in an all-black getup or whatever. She took her... Yeah, she's on full vampire countess. <laughs> yes. And everyone's giving him a standing ovation. He pulls the medallion off of Miles' dead like, neck or whatever. And puts it on himself. He's like, ta-da, it's back to me. This is where it belongs. And they take a bow. And Miles is dead. But everyone thinks it's a joke. Or thinks it's part of the trick. So I'm like, what a way to get away with all that. <laughs> so Yeah. That, I mean, there's, people applaud you for this, the murder of this This episode man. I like because of the overall feel. I really, really like the performances. It's just you really don't, you can't worry that much about the yeah, plot. You can't, you can't analyze motivations here. It's still fun though. The box of death is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's fun. And the acting, I mean, Martin Sheen has a good time. He, oh yeah, it's great. You know, so, I mean, it's it's not, great almost everything he's in actually. If it's not, not it's not horrible. It's just kind of as far as writing goes. I mean, that or I feel like maybe they had to cut a couple things and it just that it does kind of have that feel. Like I said, it does feel like it's been schmooshed down quite a bit. So then Greta, I don't think she's been in with it all along. She was she's only been in with it since that man showed right. up and yeah. the thing. And she then he was, was like, "Hey, I look like Kragen, but I'm like, not." Hey, I am Zorbin. You know. Oh. I mean, I guess he told her he was Zorbin. Maybe. She didn't yeah. act very surprised no. at all. <laughs> yeah, so she's <laughs> so. like, remember me, Zorbin? And she's like, I remember, he's got your medallion. And then, But it's so weird that like right after she figures out he's got the medallion, that's when Zorbin shows up. Yeah, but I mean, it's quite... The, unless he can feel well, it. Well, it's know? been implied, like, you remember he was watching in the window. So I have this idea that Zor- Zorbin's just been stalking him for, like, forever. Well, forever <laughs> how long he thinks that... I mean, Billy Zane probably thought he killed Zorbin. 
and then he's been just sitting around doing his own thing as Kragen, waiting for the time to strike. Well, maybe Zorban was just waiting for Greta to get pissed off enough to be fired or uh, fired slash quit, yeah. so that she would be fine with being an accomplice to murder. <laughs> I don't. Again, a... I, I guess I'm falling into that trap of analyzing yeah. motivations. And I mean, that's what we're here for, right? I mean, Greta was upset that Zorban was possibly dead, so I mean. I don't know why she stuck around with him anyway until the end. I mean, I guess maybe if Philly Saint's character would have been more successful. Yeah. And what yeah. if he had been more successful? Then Zorban would he even... It's not <laughs> like he was using the medallion for something. The medallion had nothing to do with anything besides yeah. belonging to Zorban. I mean, it's not like it gave him power. It, it obviously didn't because he sucked for so, so long. So it really was just Zorban's kind of creepy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's, he's disappeared. He's just stalking Miles. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. So it's back to the Crypt Keeper and it's like showing his desk and he's doing the whole French thing still, but he doesn't have the beret on anymore. Yeah. It gets a little weird here. It gets weird. <laughs> it's been weird. Okay, well, first of all, he's throwing out all the puns and everything. Well, yeah, like you do. Yes. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... I think he deserves another chance to get it right. You know what they say. If at first you don't succeed, die, die again. <laughs> but he's also sitting here and he's laughing. <laughs> Just say it. Okay, okay, here it comes. So he's sitting there and he's talking. It's cool though because he turns his head and you can see like the bone coming out of the... Yes. I always like when you can see that bone coming out from his cheek. But he turns... And he shoots himself in the mouth. Like, he takes a revolver, like a pistol. Oh, he does. That's just every other Tuesday for the Crypt Keeper. It's a little much, I thought. Like, he turns and, like, sticks the gun, like, in his mouth and pulls the trigger. He's killed himself. He's, he's attempted to kill himself before. I know. Remember, I know it doesn't matter because he's yeah, only in dead. yellow. In yellow, didn't he have, like, a whole line of skeleton soldiers yeah, but, shooting? Yeah, I mean, well, was in one rifles? episode... The rifles are propped up. In one episode, he tried to hang himself. Yeah. If you wanted to put all of this silliness aside and just analyze this like com- completely one hundred percent serious, straight faced, you would probably start to really analyze like, the Crypt Keeper's depression, oh, his, sure he's, his suicidal I mean, he's, tendencies. He's mentally it unstable. would come out. It would come out very, very sad and dark. He's mentally unstable. He didn't really know his parents. You know, he he had to raise himself. He knew mum. He knew mummy. Well, he knew mummy yeah, and daddy, but mummy. they died before he was out of being a baby. Uh, did they? Yeah, they died in the cave. I want to say uh, there's something that can contradict that, but I can't remember what I it mean, is. I mean, technically the mommy was already dead, and yet she was able to give birth, but still. Don't question it. Oh, no, I don't question it, no. I just found it a little, I don't want to say, like, insensitive, but I guess it's a, a little... Suicide jokes were a lot easier to take back then, I think. I guess. Uh, there was a lot more humor. I mean, there still is, I mean, there, there's, you can find humor in anything, you know, if you want to go that dark and edgy. Okay, he says he's got his passport and his itinerary and his ticket. And all he needs now are his shots. Oh, that's what he's saying. Oh, okay. His shots, like if you go on a trip. So his shots is shooting himself through the back of his head. Yeah. I don't know. Feels a little distasteful. Yeah, different cultures. <laughs> I guess. Don't judge. I mean, I get it because he's already dead. It's funny. Ha ha ha. That's the end of the episode. Season 5, episode 8, Well-Cooked Hams. There is no IMDb trivia for this episode. The next episode is season 5, episode 9, Creep Course. Mike, thank you so much for being here today. Pleasure as always. Did you have a good time with magic? Yeah, it was a, it was a magical experience. Unicorns. German. Ger- German unicorns. <laughs> German unicorns. <laughs> I guess that's a terrifying thought. Bratwurst is German, right? Yes. So their horns are made of bratwurst. Mm. Hmm. 
They just smack you with their sausage. Melissa. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks again for being on here. Like I said. Stay was, safe, guys. It was fun. Yes, stay safe. And thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. There's also a Facebook page for the Good Evening Kitties podcast and a Twitter page. That's at G-E-K podcast or at GEC podcast. You can leave a five-star review on iTunes or Podcast Republic or on Facebook as well. And you can find the podcast pretty much wherever you get your podcast. And that's uh, pretty much it. Again, thanks so much for your support and have a good one. Stay safe. Say bye, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye. I thought my heart was beating.